we have been doing a series on the Holy Spirit, and today's message is about the vocal gifts, and when I say vocal gifts, I'm not talking about women. We are going to be looking at the vocal gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so it's good to have you here today. Let me pray as we jump right into the message today. Lord, I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you that we have had this opportunity over these last four weeks to be talking about the Holy Spirit. And now as we Look at these final three gifts, Lord. We just give you thanks and glory. We give you all the praise for what you have been doing. We bless your holy and your matchless name, Lord. And now I ask you that you would take the words that I will speak and speak to us, Lord. Not my words, but yours. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. We're talking about the vocal gifts, and we have looked at three sets of gifts. The first set of gifts that we looked at where we are talking about the, the overview, flow, overview of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit were the revelation gifts, and that those gifts are the word of wisdom where God gives a special word to us that is needed for that particular time, words of knowledge, where you may not know something, but God tells you, and people think that you're reading their mail. Deserting of spirits, when you are able to discern what God is doing in the spiritual realm, and sometimes it's not a matter of discerning what God is doing in the spiritual realm. Sometimes it's a matter of discerning what the devil is doing in the spiritual realm. Then we talked about the power gifts, the gift of faith. Not just saving faith, but faith that goes beyond that to expect the difficult or to expect the impossible from God. Then we talked about gifts of healings, which are, there are many types of sicknesses and diseases, and there are many forms of healings. And since the, we have been talking about the Holy Spirit, we have been getting more and more testimonies of God performing miracles and healings right here in Go Church. And I mentioned when I spoke about the gifts of healing last week, that there are different types of healing. Sometimes you might be healed immediately, and sometimes when someone prays for you, it's like a time bomb that gets set off in motion, and you're not healed immediately, but the healing comes two days, three days later, and God does it the way he wants to do it. And we have been hearing stories about that. One of these days, we're going to be able to share some of those testimonies with you about God doing miracles. Then we also spoke about the working of miracles. And miracles are not what God does to, to defy the laws of nature. God made the laws of nature. And he has determined when he made the laws of nature that there are some things about nature that I will change when I want to change it. Nobody else will be able to change those things, but I will change it. So it's not like he's breaking his own law. What he's doing is he has created the environment where certain things will happen that only he has determined that those things can happen. And then today we're going to be talking about the vocal gifts. We're talking about the gift of prophecy, different kinds of tongues, 
And we're also going to be talking about interpretation of tongues. So let's start by talking about the gift of prophecy. There is a lot about this whole thing about prophecy. When we hear about prophecy, many people immediately start thinking about psychics. People who discern things and they, they tell you what's going to happen. And when I was growing up in Jamaica, every New Year's Eve, we used to look out for the, what we call the Gleaner Annual. And in the Gleaner Annual, you would have a psychic who would tell us what would happen for the entire year. And very often he would be right because the economic crisis is going on and then he predicts some things that will happen. But here's something that you need to know, guys. Sometimes people who are not Christians can actually prophesy the future because what they're doing is they are getting in line with familiar spirits. And familiar spirits sometimes will be able to tell things that will happen, not with any accuracy that the Holy Spirit can give, but people who are dealing with familiar spirits, dealing with demonic spirits, sometimes they will be able to tell that this is going to happen, and sometimes with very good accuracy. And here's the problem. The church has the real deal. And there is nothing that a psychic can bring that can match with any form of intensity or accuracy what God can do. And God is the God of truth. And here's the problem. Sometimes psychics and, and magicians and, and people who, who deal with familiar spirits will have an ounce of truth. And then what they do is they give that ounce of truth to capture someone's heart. And then you align yourself with that familiar spirit. And then before you know it, you are aligning yourself with the devil. So that's why Christians must never go to psychics. That's why Christians must never listen to these people who, can, who have these great powers. Because the powers that they have, if they don't acknowledge Jesus Christ, are familiar spirits. And when I talk about familiar spirits, I'm basically talking about demonic spirits that people have aligned themselves with. So prophecy is more than just telling the future, by the way. Sometimes we think that all that prophecy talks about is foretelling what would happen. But at the same time, I want us to understand that in the Bible, all prophets tell the future at some stage or the other. And so it's important for us as we are talking about prophecy to go into this time of examining what are some of the differences between a prophet and the gift of prophecy because there are two different things. There is prophecy that is something that God gives to people, but then there are prophets. So let's look at some of the differences. First, there is the gift of prophecy, and then there is the office of the prophet, which is a five-fold ministry office. And the gift of prophecy is a function. And when we talk about the gift of the prophecy being a function, what we mean is that someone with the gift of prophecy may be able to give a word to somebody at any particular time, whereas a prophet is a position. This is a part of the fivefold ministry office. 
And this comes with more responsibility. It comes with more power and authority. But it is still important for the prophets and the, the persons who just have the gift of prophecy to operate in the church. And one of the reasons why the church is suffering so much today is that we don't have the fivefold ministry offices functioning the way they should function. And so we are going to be making sure that all five of the ministries function in Go Church. We have spoken about the fivefold ministry offices, and you can go back and listen to that first message where I did an overview of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. When you have the gift of prophecy, God has bestowed upon you a gift. So you have a gift that will be able to, you can do certain things and at particular times in your life you might just receive a word from God. And sometimes people who don't even have the gift of prophecy, God will still use you as a Christian to deliver prophetic words. So the gift of prophecy is a function. Whereas the office of the prophet is you are the gift. So one, someone is bringing a gift to you and saying, here is a gift that God has given. It's a prophecy. It's a word specific for you. Whereas the prophet now, he or she comes in the room and that person is the gift that God has given to the church. And the way God has given this gift to the church is he wants this prophet to be able to minister to the people of God, but also to equip the saints. Remember, these offices are not just a matter of sharing the gifts. It is to equip the saints so that this church, the saints can go out and do the work of ministry. Then the gift of prophecy is given by the Holy Spirit to the believer as he or she is filled by the Holy Spirit. The fivefold office ministry of the prophet is given by Jesus as an administrative role in the church itself. So the prophet will administer. The, church, the, the, the prophet will be the one who can come in and set things in order and say, this is what the Lord has said, and it's more of a kind of governance of the church. Now, there are some loose canons out there. There are prophets who will go from place to place, and they are not settled anywhere. That is not how God wants it to be. God wants every member of the fivefold ministry office to be, be based somewhere so that you can go and you can do the work and you can build the church to equip the saints. Not all persons who have the gift of prophecy will be a prophet. So when we're talking about the gift, every single person at some stage may prophesy. Whether you have the, the, the strength of that gift or not, you may prophesy, but the person with the gift of prophecy will have more of an overflow of this type of gift. But not everybody who has the gift of prophecy is called to the office of the prophet. There's a passage in Acts chapter 2 that talks about the difference between the gifts of the spirit, the, the prophecy, Versus the prophet. And that's Acts chapter 2, chapter 29, verses 9 to 10. Acts chapter 21, verses 9 to 10. And this is talking about Philip. It says, And the same man had four daughters, virgins, 
who prophesied. And as we tarried there many days, there came down from Judea a certain prophet named Agabus. So here we can see Philip had four daughters, and the four daughters were, were, prof, were people who prophesied. But they didn't necessarily have the office of a prophet. And so there is a differentiation in this passage where it says, and now Agabus, a prophet, came. Incidentally, this is one verse that shows that women are also called to minister through prophecies. And so not all persons will be able to hold the office of a prophet, but all of us may prophesy. While I'm talking about the differences, you might wonder, so what are some of the similarities between someone who will prophesy, have the gift of prophecy, and the office of an, a prophet? First of all, both of them are from God. And because they are from God, they are important for us for our daily life. Then both are forever. If you once had the gift of prophecy, guess what? Even though you might not have prophesied to someone in the last year, it's still there. The Bible says in Romans chapter 11, verse 29, the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. Some people say irrevocable. God will not take it back. So the gifts and the callings will not be taken back. So let's say, for example, in your life, you experience the gifts of the Holy Spirit in power at one stage, and you are afraid of them because people were afraid of you. And you said, Lord, take it back, take it back, take it back, Lord. Guess what? You can pray as much as you want. He's not going to take it back from you because he said, when I give you this gift, you're going to have it for life. And that should give some assurance to some of you who might have done some things in your life where you feel the anointing has left. Maybe the anointing has been lifted from your life, but it's still there. The calling is still there. And some of you might have a, a calling to prophesy and you have noticed it, but you have been sitting on that gift and you haven't been using it and you are thinking, maybe God will punish me by taking it away. He's not going to take it away. You're still going to have the gift and he still wants to use you. And God will use both of them to convict the heart. So whether you are a prophet or God just uses you in the gift of prophecy, it will convict the heart. So let me talk about what prophecy really is. First, it is a divine disclosure on behalf of the Spirit of God. So God divinely discloses something. It also is an edifying revelation of the Spirit for the moment. And notice I say for the moment. It's not something that is generic that can be used anywhere at any time. It is always for the particular moment. Now, this prophecy might be something that will happen in the future, but God wants the person to know it in the particular moment that he presents that. It's a sudden insight from the Spirit prompting exhortation, comfort, and warning. And sometimes what we hear passing for prophecy is just simply comfort. The Lord loves you and he cares for you. And yes, that might be a word of prophecy, but 
prophecy also comes with warning sometimes. God wants us to know if you continue along this path, you're going to be in trouble. When I talk about prophecy being for comfort, for exhortation, and for warning, what I want you to understand is it's always going to be specific. God opened this scripture to me in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 23 to 25. And I want us to look at this passage because this is a very important passage for me to understand. Because it says, Paul is here correcting some things that are happening in the church where they were getting out of control. And so he's, he's talking about how to, to use the, the gift of prophecy. And he's comparing prophecy with speaking in tongues, which we'll talk about very soon. He says, therefore, if, one, if the whole church comes together in one place and all speak in tongues, and there come in those who are uninformed and unbelievers, will they not say that you are out of your mind? But if all prophesy and an unbeliever or an uninformed person comes in, he is convicted by all, he is convicted, he is convinced by all, he is convicted by all. And thus, the secrets of his heart are revealed. And so, falling on his face, he will worship God and report that God is truly among you. Notice what the passage says. Someone comes in the room and prophecy is going on. Someone is prophesying. The secrets of his heart are revealed and he will say, God is truly in your midst. Sometimes when you, we see a mic here at the front, it's a, what we call the prophecy mic. And the reason we have a prophecy mic is we want the people of God to be able to come to the microphone and give a prophecy. But if the word of prophecy that you're going to bring when you come to the, the, the prophecy mic can fit in any church, at any time, in any environment, it's not truly a word of prophecy from God. Because you see, the word of God, which is a prophetic word, is going to be a prophetic word that is going to be for that body. And if it belongs, if, if the word of prophecy that, that comes, forward, comes forth is a word that will fit equally well in the church down the street, take it down the street. That's where it belongs. When God gives you the word of prophecy, he has given you a word for the body. So what we have done in the church is we have become so generic in our prophecies that the prophecy can go anywhere, anytime. And if your word can go anywhere at any time, that means that really what you should do is exhort your brothers and your sisters when you're seeing them anywhere and anytime. But when you come before the people of God, make sure you have a word for the people of God. That means that what we ought to do is spend more time listening to God to hear what is his direct word for the body, for the people of God for the particular moment. And that's what we need to see in the church more and more and more. Where's the prophetic word comes to us? I'm going to go through these very quickly. First of all, it comes to us through dreams and visions. You might go to sleep and you have a dream, and as you dream, 
God shows you something, sometimes in, in figurative language, but he shows you something, and that is a prophetic word. And some of you have noticed that you, are, you have a preponderance to dream. You have lots of dreams that are significant, and you can know the difference. The next one is impression. You, you see something, and it might be a cross. You see a cross over waters, and, and, and as you ask God, Lord, what is that, that impression? I'm not sure what it is, but I just feel this thing. That might be a way that God is giving you a prophetic word. Then there are also mental images and pictures. There was a group of people who were prophesying, and everybody in a group, were, they were teaching people how to hear and receive pictures from God. And they were going around, and everybody was prophesying over this man in the room. And there was somebody who was remaining silent. And they said to him, come on, everybody else has given him a word. Go ahead. Have you seen in the picture for the person? I said, yeah, but don't, don't worry. I'll, I'll pass. And they said, no, God, the spirit of prophecy is in the house right here. And just go ahead and tell him what you're seeing. And he said, well, this is very silly, but all I see is a kangaroo just jumping around. Now, he had no ideas what that, idea, what that kangaroo jumping around meant. But that's the picture he just kept seeing over and over again. And when he said that, the man who sat in the room started to bawl. Because he had been wrestling with this thing. Is God calling me to go to Australia or not? And so this, prof this prophetic picture that the man had, he didn't understand what it was all about. But when he gave the word, the word meant something to the person because it was a, a word specific to that person. And that was the one word that the man was waiting to hear. And with all the prophetic words, he did not hear a confirmation as to whether God wanted him to go to Australia or not until this man told him he just saw a kangaroo jumping around. For those of you who don't know, Australia is filled with kangaroos, right? Right, <laughs> right Sharon? Where's Sharon? There she is. The next one is a spontaneous enablement. When you're given the prophetic word, sometimes you stand before somebody and you don't know what you're going to say to them. But the Bible says when you come to Jesus Christ, out of your belly will flow rivers of living waters. And so you don't know what you're going to say, but you start talking. And as you talk, the word of God just fills your mouth. That's the prophetic enablement. And we're going to talk a little bit more later on about rivers of living water flowing from your, your belly. Finally, there is the audible voice. And this one seems to be the least common, where you actually hear the voice of God speaking to you and saying, look, turn right. God gives you a direct word and tells you, go and tell this person, and this is what you should say to them. That's an audible voice. One of the things, as I've studied the gifts of the Spirit, that I have noticed is that people who hear an audible voice of God are very often called to the office of the prophet. I don't know why, but it's just something that if you have ever heard the audible voice of God, that might just be an indication in your life that God is calling you to the office of the prophet. But we can talk more about that. I don't want to give you a picture of prophecy without sharing some of the, the challenges because it's always important for us to know that there are challenges that come with the gift of prophecy as all the gifts. 
first of all, we need to understand how to discern the voice of God. You're hearing a word. You want to make sure that the word that you're hearing is not your own thought. You want to know how is this really God speaking to me? And that's one of the challenges. And the way you do that is you test it little by little. And the more you test it, the more you're able to confirm that God is indeed speaking through you. Next is avoiding mixture. That is, you have a partial prophecy. You have a prophecy, God said this, and then what you do is you, you mix your own thoughts. For example, let's say you, you feel that the Democratic Party is taking the nation in trouble. And I'm not saying whether I believe it or not. I'm saying, let's say you feel that way. What will happen is that you will start giving prophecies and there will be a mixture where God might say something about the nation and then what you do is you add the mixture of your own feelings towards the Democratic Party and you add your personal feelings, your personal political feelings to your prophecy. And that's mixture. And we need to be very careful that we don't have these mixtures with our prophecies. Next is the need to please others. That's a big one. Daily and I don't have any children. And because we don't have children, we have received maybe 20 words from people that God is going to bless us with a child. People know that you don't have a child, and so they, they, they think that you have the desire, and so they come and they give the prophetic word because they want to please you. You don't have a job. God, has, I, I've seen you in a prophecy, and you, you start talking about the person who's going to be not only have a job, but they're going to be, be, be promoted. Be careful of expressing your desires in prophecy. Arrogance, that's a big one. God said it, that settles it. And so I don't need to hear from you. You cannot say anything to me. Speak to the hand. Because we have heard from God, and so we don't need to listen to what anybody else says. That's arrogance. You know, sometimes God gives the prophet some people who will talk to them and maybe say, did God really say this? In order for you to listen and say, am I really hearing from God or is it just my own desires? So don't be arrogant. Be willing to listen to what others are saying. And finally, everybody wants a word. They know that you have the gift of prophecy, and so they come to you, Chris, what is God saying for, you, for me? Everybody wants a word. And if everybody wants a word, the tendency for us sometimes is to start making up words for people when we don't have a word for them. Do you have a word for me? Well, this is what God has said. You don't have a word for, if you don't have a word for somebody, even though you're a prophet, say, no, I don't have a word for you. As simple as that. So be careful not to start making up words because people will always want words. And the reverse of that is that not everybody has a word for others. So sometimes the word that you receive is not a word that God wants you to come to the microphone and share. Sometimes God gives you a word because he wants you to pray about something. So we need to learn how to listen to the Spirit of God. Let's jump quickly to the different kinds of tongues. If there is one gift that has created more problems for charismatics and Pentecostals, it's the gifts of speaking in tongues. 
when we're talking about speaking in tongues or different kinds of tongues, we're talking about speaking supernaturally in a language that is not known to the individual. And the plural form here suggests that there are different kinds of, of languages. Maybe it's the possible harmonizing of the languages, that, which are known languages spoken about in Acts chapter 2, where the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost and he gave them the ability to speak in languages that they have never learned. And then it might be transrational utterings that are mentioned in Corinthians where the Bible says, <coughs> sometimes the Spirit will pray through you in words that cannot be uttered. So when we talk about different types of tongues, I want you to understand that God is the one who is the author of speaking in tongues. Sometimes people don't realize that Jesus himself prophesied that there was going to become a time, there was going to come a time when his people would speak in new tongues. In Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Here's what Jesus said. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. Now if Jesus Christ said, those who believe will speak with new tongues, then we should expect that if we believe that this is one of the gifts that God will give. Now there is the tendency for some people to believe that you have to speak in tongues if you are anointed by the Holy Spirit, if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, and that is not really true. We have looked at the scripture in 1 Corinthians 12 where it says the Holy Spirit is the one who will distribute to each one individually as he desires. But at the same time, Paul says, desire spiritual gifts. In fact, he says, desire the best gifts. And we're going to talk about that. But when he says that, if you have a desire to speak in tongues, and you desire that, well, Jesus Christ, the, the, the Bible itself says, Paul says in the Bible, you can go ahead and desire these things. And God is not going to cause you and tell you to desire something if he has no intention of fulfilling that desire. But what we do sometimes is we try to even force people to speak in tongues. We give them words to say. And guess what? It's the Spirit who gives the words. So let's talk quickly about what the, are the purposes of speaking in tongues. First of all, it is for worshiping. Worshiping. In Acts chapter 2, verses 11, it says, We hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. That's worshiping. You're declaring the wonderful works of God. Worship. It's for praying. And Paul talks about it as praying in the spirit. Luke, in, in the book of Acts, talks about praying in the spirit. So Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. Here he is actually talking about the abuse of speaking in tongues. And he's saying, look, if you're prophesying, if you're speaking in tongues, let somebody interpret. And we're going to talk about interpretation in a few moments. But the reason he's saying this is not to say that there is a problem with speaking in tongues. What he's actually saying is, 
If you're speaking in tongues, what is happening is your spirit is praying. So even though the people have been abusing speaking in tongues, and this is what he's trying to correct right here, he's saying that your spirit is praying. And then finally, it's for private worship and edification. Private worship, thanksgiving, and edification. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, 15b and 17, I will sing with the spirit, and I will also sing with understanding. For indeed, for you indeed give thanks well, but the other is not edified. So here he's still making corrections and he's saying, he will sing in the spirit and when you do that, you are giving thanks. So when you're singing in the spirit, sometimes you're, you're giving thanks to God. Paul considers speaking in tongues to be one of the more important gifts of the Spirit. And some people have actually turned this around and thinking that he didn't really consider speaking in tongues important. But here's what Paul said. He says, I thank my God I speak in tongues more than you all. Paul spoke in tongues all the time. He never, ever put tongues down. In fact, Paul considers different kinds of tongues to be among the best gifts. And this is a surprising thing that people don't realize. But in Acts, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where he talks about the gifts of the Spirit, and then 1 Corinthians 14, he talks about the gifts of the Spirit, sometimes what we think is that he took a break from talking about the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and he spoke about love. You know that famous passage, though I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love? And so we think that 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is really talking about love. The Bible was not written in chapter and verses. And so when he started talking about speaking in tongues and the gifts of the Spirit in chapter 12, he continued by talking in chapter 13 about the operation of the gift. And he's saying that the gifts of the Spirit should be exercised in the spirit of love. So there is not a break in between his thought process. He's talking about one thing, going from 12 to chapter 14. And so when he talks about love, the, the final verse of chapter 12, of chapter 1 Corinthians 12 says, Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, do all have gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the best gifts. And yes, I show you a more excellent way. So he talks about desiring the best gifts. And guess what is the first gift he mentions? Verse 13, chapter 13, verse 1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or clanging cymbal. You don't compare the best that you have with something worse. If I want to show off that I have a nice car, I'm not going to compare my Lexus with your Jalopy. I'm going to compare, I don't have a Lexus. I'm going to compare my Lexus with your BMW. And I'm going to say, my Lexus is better than your BMW. Paul, in talking about the gift of, of the Holy Spirit, when he's comparing and he's saying, though I have the gift of, of speaking in tongues, he's comparing it 
to the best that God has when he's talking about faith, hope, and love. And he's saying, even though these things exist, this gift of spirit, of speaking in tongues, is still very important. And there's just so much I want to talk to you about these things. And I will probably one day just break it down and talk about each of these things individually. But let me just quickly run and talk about the challenges. The challenges. First, overcoming the feeling that you're speaking gibberish, especially for people with very logical minds. Dahlia is a person who has a very logical mind. It might not seem that way. <laughs> but for many years, Dahlia has struggled with this whole issue of speaking in tongues because when you're speaking in tongues, you're actually saying things that, that you don't know what you're saying unless you're interpreting. And so she has been, because she's so logical in her thinking, I have to explain the commercials to her sometimes. She's, she's logical in her thinking. And because she's so logical, she doesn't want to say things that defies her logic. And this is one of the things that gave me assurance that speaking in tongues was real. Because even though for years she never ever spoke in tongues, one night she's sleeping and she begins to speak in this beautiful language that I've never heard her speak in the middle of her sleep. So the following morning I asked her, sweetheart, what were you dreaming about last night? And she said, why? And I said, no, just tell me because I'm not going to tell her that I heard her speaking in tongues in her sleep because she has never spoken in tongues when she's awake. And she said, I dreamt that I saw Jesus and he wrapped something around you. And she was speaking in tongues in her dream. See how that works? And that's what gave me the assurance that even when we, our logical minds won't allow us, the spirit is the one who prays. And of course, God has released her, her gift of speaking in tongues. The next challenge is timing our control. Sometimes we feel we must just talk in tongues wherever we go. You're praying for somebody, you must just speak in tongues, and they don't know what you're talking about. There's no interpretation. We have to learn timing. We have to learn when to control what we have. The gift of the Spirit is subject to the people who God has placed His Spirit in. And so sometimes it is time to speak in tongues, and sometimes it's time to remain silent. In church... There is a time for public worship. And when you're having a time of public worship, sometimes what you do is you actually say, let's just worship the Lord. And then everybody starts worshiping the Lord in English. And at that time, it's not the time for your neighbor to be listening to what you're saying. You're worshiping the Lord. Your neighbor should be worshiping the Lord. At those times, it's also okay to have a public, private worship. It's private worship between you and God. And you're worshiping God and you're worshiping in the spirit by speaking in tongues. But it is not for the edification of your neighbor. That's different from when you have the public display of speaking in tongues when you speak above everybody else. And that time, it's usually a gift of prophecy that God is giving through tongues. And we're going to talk about that in a moment. But the last one, the final two, mimicking each other. Sometimes we tend to hear other people, and we want to speak in tongues like they do. I struggled with that for many years because I hear people, and they're speaking in tongues, and they're going a mile per minute. And when I'm speaking in tongues, I'm hearing, 
Because God has given me a spirit of intercession that prays at a very deep level, and I wanted to speak in tongues like other people, but that's not what God was doing in me. Be careful that you're not just mimicking what God is doing. Then going beyond the basic. Sometimes God gives you a word or a line, and what you do is you take that line and you just keep repeating the line over and over, and you never allow the Spirit of God to give you more. When God gives you a little, step out and allow him to give you more. And the Spirit will empower you to speak more words. The opposite of this, by the way, is when we start judging others. Because you hear somebody speaking in tongues and they keep saying the same things over and over again and we start judging them. That is not really speaking in tongues because they say the same thing over and over again. Don't judge others. You know why? In heaven, sometimes the angels just say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. How do you know when you're judging somebody who is speaking in tongues that they're just saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord? So let's not judge others when they are speaking in tongues. Be very careful not to just judge others. But at the same time, don't just stay where you are. Allow God to give you more. Finally, interpretation of tongues. And this one is very short because I've spoken about speaking in tongues. The big difference between speaking in tongues and interpretation of tongues is that this is a public exhibition of the speaking in tongues. You can speak in tongues in church, and that's okay. That's not what Paul is correcting in 1 Corinthians 13, where people are just worshiping God. What he's talking about is when people on the top of their voices in the church start speaking in tongues as if they are given a word. And that gift of speaking in tongues, that is a prophetic gift. So let me explain. The gift of interpretation of tongues is the gift of rendering the transrational but not irrational messages of the Spirit meaningful to others when exercised in public. It may not, may or may not be the translation of a foreign language because the Spirit will sometimes translate something where someone is just groaning out before God and there's a deep crying of intercession. And the Spirit also understands those deep cries of intercession and He can sometimes interpret it. We had an experience in Go Church a few weeks ago where a young woman came up and she was, was speaking in tongues as she was walking in front of the, the congregation. And then Pastor Jane came and she gave what I heard was, was one of the most beautiful translations of interpretations of the gift of the Spirit I've ever heard. Here Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 5, I wish you all spoke in tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks in tongues, unless in deeds he interprets that the church may receive edification. So here Paul is saying, if someone speaks in tongues and this person speaks out loud in the church and then there's the interpretation, it's on the same level as the prophetic word of God. So we need to understand that that gift of of expressing the speaking in tongues in public, that's important. And sometimes in the church, 
when we hear people speaking in tongues loudly, we want to shut them down and we want to say, not so, let's, let's, let's keep that to yourself. That's not releasing the Spirit of God. God wants to release all the gifts. Finally, let's look at the challenges with this. Trust in the source of the tongue to be interpreted. Someone gives a tongue, do you really believe that they're bringing the word from God? We need to understand who is given the word, and when we hear who is given the word, we need to have an agreement in our spirit that this is a word that God has given you to translate, to interpret. Do you really have the true interpretation? Sometimes you wonder about that. Is God really giving me the word? And sometimes you hear a word in tongue and you don't step out and say what you should say. And then you hear somebody else with the exact interpretation that you had in your mind. That's just telling you, you should have got up and your job was to give that word. But because you didn't do it, God gave it to somebody else. It doesn't mean that he took away the gift. It's just a way of God showing you, yeah, I'm working in your life in this way. Step out. Finally, you need to capture not only the words, but the essence of the word of prophecy. When God breaks in and gives this prophetic word, if you're, 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 the, the prophetic word is, is speaking at this high octave, and you go up and you say, and the Lord said, somehow there's a disconnect. Somehow there's a disconnect. If the person is, is groaning in the spirit, then there needs to be a groaning in the spirit with the interpretation of that tongue. And so we have looked over the last few weeks on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I believe it's important for us to have a time of activation this morning. But there may be someone here who have never experienced the, the fullness of God in their life. Before we start with this activation, I just want to show a short clip. Because I believe that God wants to fill us up to overflowing where the, the gifts of the Spirit would bubble forth just as the waters will fill us up. I believe that God wants to do that in our lives. We all look for happiness in life. We try to do good works. We seek for pleasure. But no matter how hard we try, we still feel empty. God is the only one who can satisfy. God pours mercy upon us. He pours his grace upon us. He fills us with his spirit. God lavishes us with blessing. He washes us. He saves us. He gives us a life overflowing with peace and joy to others. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior. Titus chapter 3. And 
God wants to pour out His Spirit upon us. But before He will pour His Spirit out upon us, we have to know His Son, Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ who comes. And so I want to ask, before we call the congregation to the altar to seek out for the Lord this morning, is there anyone here who does not know Jesus Christ as His own Lord and Savior? Bible tells us that we were born in sin and shaped in iniquity. But because of that, God laid upon Jesus Christ the sin of us all. And Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, but he was buried and he rose again so that we can have new life in him. If there's anyone who doesn't know Jesus Christ, just raise your hand right now. We want to pray with you. Before we start this activation time, Pastor Jane, will you just join me on the platform? This is the time for us not to be looking to others. This is a time for us to seek after the Lord who will fill us. This is not the time for someone else to be looking around to, to, to lay hands on you. This is the time for us to cry out to the Lord. So we're going to be singing that, that song that we were praying, singing before. Lay your hands on you. We're going to ask the Lord to lay his hand on us and to pour out the gifts of the Spirit, the revelation gifts and the gifts of faith and healing and, and miracles. We're going to ask God to pour His Spirit out on us. The vocal gifts. I'm going to ask Pastor Jane to take over right now and she's going to lead us into this time of activation as we, we sing and as we pray. When I received the Holy Spirit, I was home alone in my house. I was 12 years old. And I asked my mom, I want to receive the Holy Spirit. I can remember, I can hear, I can hear her praying in her prayer language when we'd sit in the pew. And it was so beautiful and it sounded so different than anybody else's. It was, it was just so beautiful. And so my memories were not of anybody telling me what to say or say, do repeat after me. All my mom said was say the simple name of Jesus. That's all you need to say is just Jesus. And just keep repeating that and he'll turn it into something else. And I had such a sweet moment with the Lord because I was shy. I did not want to do this. I did not want to be so loud. And then when God pushed me further and said, 
I need you to give a message in tongues. It was in a service. And my dad kept saying, somebody here has a message, but they're not yielding to the Holy Spirit. And so somebody else came. I thought, well, Lord, it's not me. And all the Lord said to me was just stand. Jane, I said, stand. And I said, God, could you just give me a little bit so I know that I'm not going to just keep saying the same thing again? And the Lord said, I said, stand, Jane. And I was so afraid. Five times my dad asked that night, said, someone has a message in tongues. Someone has a message. And five times somebody else stood up because I wasn't yielded. And finally the Lord said, Jane, stand. And the minute I stood, the balls of my feet, I can't even remember what I said. It just kept flowing out. And it wasn't the same thing over and over again. And so what I want to ask you today is there are people that are that are hurting so deep this morning. There's somebody here that has such a deep, overwhelming pain. I felt it this morning when I came in of sadness and heaviness. God wants to fix that. And I want to tell you, he can only fix it by giving you his Holy Spirit because it's empowerment. It makes you bold. It makes you strong. And I'm not that bold and I'm not strong, but God empowers you. It's that it's empowerment that happens that makes you fearless when you stand before him or when you stand before anybody that wants to threaten you. So I, I'm asking if the congregation would please come forward because what we need to do is just cry out to the Lord. And there are special people here that have, the Lord has told you, you have the gift of healing and you've not acted on this because you've been fearful. You've been saying, well, what if I'm wrong? Lord said, but I'm not wrong. And so there are some of you that want to receive the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues. There are many of you that have the gift of prophecy that God wants to use in a mighty way, and you've been fearful of that. And there are some of you that have had some forms of that but you've been so fearful to stand on your own two feet. So I'm asking you this morning, no matter what it is, we want to pray with you. And I want to tell you one other interesting thing. If you don't know the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior, and I mean as your personal friend, I want to invite you today, just as Pastor Chris did. And the reason I say this is that while we were gone, Alita had, the, had a dream. And in this dream, the verse that kept coming to her was, depart from me, I never knew you. And she said, and we came back to church and we knew everybody. We knew everybody, but there were some we did not know. And we've known them for a long time. And so I'm telling you today, make Jesus Christ your friend and then ask him to give you a gift. You know what? I was a selfish little girl because I had nothing. And I said, God, I want everything. I want it all. And I want you to give it to me. And I didn't tell anybody because I was afraid they'd think you're a selfish little girl. But God said, I'm a selfish God and I want you all to myself. He wants you all, each and every one of you to yourself, himself. He doesn't want to share you with anybody. And he has things he wants to tell you, and he has things that he wants to give you. And I'm asking you, as they start to sing this, I want you to come forward. And we want to pray with you this morning. Because many of you have many gifts. And you need to act as many of you have gifts of prophecy. 
So let's begin to sing. And I don't want you to pay attention to the pianist. I don't want you to pay attention to the drummer or the singers. I want you to pay attention to the voice of God because he's calling you now. And he knows your name. 